The following podcast contains spoilers and words such as done and bother. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Watched a Thing. I'm Billy. I'm with Topher, as always. And how have you been, buddy? Um, shocked and thrilled. I know. Been. I know. Let's talk some Oscars first up, shall we? I'm. I'm. I was shocked. How did you go in the tipping? I got. 19 out of 24. Yes, you smashed me <laughs> because I think you might have listened to your heart a little bit more. Whereas I, even though, as you know, Parasite was my number one film of the year, I didn't tip it for just about anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd actually flipped on some that from like from our predictions show and then some of them, you know, I just lent into that. What would a boomer do? But who cares about us? Because- Fucking Parasite won best. I know. I, I'm. I was so thrilled, and I was live tweeting throughout the ceremony, and the reaction on Twitter was insane. Like, I've never seen people so happy with the Oscar results, and yet, did you see some of the outcry as well? Absolutely not. I've seen nothing other than just gushing happiness. There are some despicable people out there. There was this live stream video of this guy ranting and raving about how despicable it was that a Korean film would win, you know, these American awards when Joker is so relevant this year. Like, honestly, <laughs> it went on and on. It was, was like it? 20 minutes. And yes, before you ask, it was a fat white neckbeard dude in a basement. <laughs> so, like, it wasn't meant to be comedic genius no this was not this was a serious it sounds dude. very funny it sounds it but shockingly it was it, it was it was a little scary it felt like watching the movie of joker it was just seeing this white dude unravel <laughs> i'm loving this even more <laughs> when something like this happens and it upsets exactly the kind of people that you like being upset <laughs> yeah it's great stuff. I was so thrilled with the wins that Parasite got. The only thing I did tip it for was the only nomination it didn't win, which was film editing, which, of course, you would have got right because you predicted, as always, it would go to most editing, and it did. Yep. <laughs> when in doubt. How did you feel about the like just the vibe of the ceremony as a whole, just watching the experience? Um. Look, thank God Parasite won because it was truly pretty forgettable this was the like this was i would say even worse than the year when anne hathaway and james franco hosted i heard how many musical numbers there were throughout the night and i forget what the number was but it was staggering i was like is this the grammys or the oscars what, well what's going on here why <laughs> why is Eminem here? That that was almost as shocking as Parasite winning Best Picture. When he rocked up, I was like, because it was weird. They did the montage. There were too many montages for a start. And then they did this really weird montage halfway through the show of like, you know, movie songs. I already thought it was weird that they hung on Lose Yourself for so long. I was like, well, this is strange. And then when it led into Eminem coming on stage, I was like, well, this is really strange. Just Just a weird move. Like, is that is that just because... Is Lose Yourself the only song that hasn't been performed? That's not the case, is it? There have been other songs that weren't performed the year they I don't know. Like, I remember nominated. that he wasn't there. Yeah, but that we're talking 18 years ago. But, yeah, also, who cares? Billie Eilish had no idea who he was. <laughs> I did wonder that. That was, the be that was the best part, was watching the reactions of the crowd. Like, Martin Scorsese, when Eminem was up on stage, was amazing. <laughs> Marty does great reaction shots. He really does. <laughs> um, 
once again, Olivia Coleman basically won the night. Yes. <laughs> what an absolute champion. Get her there every year. Let her host. You know, she's got no, she's got no like weird baggage. She's not feeling people up. Let her host. I agree. I absolutely agree with this. This, this whole no host thing. There are plenty and plenty and plenty of people who would be fine to host without having weird fucked up stuff in their history that you need to worry about or anything. There's plenty of them. Like, just pick one. Olivia Coleman, fantastic. Let her do it. So, Olivia possibly wins the night again. Do you know who I think uh, loses? Who? Jared Leto. Because <laughs> apparently it's pretty hard to play the Joker and not win an Oscar. <laughs> except, except if you fucking trot out that shit. <laughs> 1917 got one more Oscar than Ford v. Ferrari. This was the thing that I found most interesting about the night is that Parasite only got four awards and yet that was the clear sweep. That's the most that any film got. This was a really strange year in that there were a whole bunch of films that got like one or two as opposed to, you know, like some years there's like the Titanic or the the Shakespeare in Love, if you want to look at great (laughs) films in the past, that like literally sweep, take, you know, five and above Oscars. This year was really bizarre that it didn't have any of that. Yeah, it's a real share the love year, like when Spotlight won, when you had, you know, Revenant was taking awards, Mad Max Fury Road was taking awards, and then for some reason Spotlight won Best Picture. Yeah, and I I actually think that that's the way that realistically it should be, because it is rare that a single film will have all of those, you know, amazing elements altogether. Like, true, it, it can happen, obviously. Yeah, it happened with LA Confidential. Yeah, yeah, which didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I actually think that this was this was a, a good year. You know what? It wasn't a good year for though was speeches. I think that oh. most of the speeches Woof. were just cringeworthy garbage. Brad, good, great stuff. Love you, Brad. Um, Renee, oh, like, why, I mean, we'll never get to the bottom of why you're winning. Go, uh, and yeah, we'll never get to the bottom of. What is this speech? I mean, look, good on her for getting a second Oscar, but really, like, let's talk about our heroes. Because when we look to our heroes, firefighters, Mr. Peanut, like, she just randomly listed, like, how many freaking names? Yeah, like, we got onto tennis players. I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sp- oh, and I mean, I don't know, Joaquin. Joaquin seems as crazy as Arthur Fleck at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in no way, like, put out by his speech. And, like, one of the things, one of the reasons why I don't mind Phoenix doing it is that this is who Phoenix has been since well before he was a famous person. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really care. There were parts of it that I thought where, like, he's really, you can tell he means what he's saying. And I'm like, okay, you know what, you do you. And then there were parts where I'm like, Okay, you've been doing you for a while now. Look, that's the thing. I, and I have no problem with his message or anything. Like, that's that's fine. If you want to use it as a platform and that's something you truly believe in, cool. Um, he just seems like a, a, a really... I don't know. I feel like he had the laughing tick, you know? Like, I don't, I don't feel like there was a lot of acting with Arthur Fleck. After him giving his speech, I'm like, I don't know if he should be getting an acting award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Famously overrated Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know. He's, I, I saw a friend of mine, Kidding Thomas, tweet that um, his speech was so rambly he was expecting him to shoot Robert De Niro at the end of it. <laughs> That's good. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> so, great win. Everyone's happy at the end of the night other than some 
dude in a basement ranting about Joker. Um, are you like, okay, great. We did it, everyone. We fixed it going forward. Or like, where are you? Look, this is a weird thing, isn't it? Because I feel like we were on an upward trend before this already. Like you look at the two years previous to last year when, for example, Moonlight won. And it was like, oh, my God. It's happening. Exactly. And even Shape of Water, I feel like we were still on a good trend that year. I think really now, even two years on, people have started going, hey, remember that time the Fishfucker movie won? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not that it's like a horrible win, but just a, yeah, that was a thing that happened. And then, of course, last year happened. I feel like this is more a continuation of the trend rather than something new. I feel like last year was the outlier. Like, I think if you look at the reasons why Roma didn't win, as opposed to the reasons why Parasite did win, I think you'll get a better picture of where the Oscars is at. Because I don't think, like, I think Roma, if it weren't a Netflix produced film, I think there's a very good chance it could have taken home Best Picture last year. Yeah, it did have that extra bit of baggage that Parasite didn't. Also, like, I mean, personally, I think, while I thoroughly enjoy Parasite, personally, I think Roma's a better film, but- Parasites more watchable. Yes, yes, it is. It's much more watchable. I mean, for sure. Yes. And also, I think it was campaigned a lot better. Like, firstly, you've got Bong, who is probably the most lovable man of all time. Um, and it was it was rolled out in a very smart way that created a lot of buzz from very early on in the year. Netflix went very hard on the Roma campaign. And I think I think some people think they actually went too hard. Yes. And it was too in your face to, like, this is to the people that it's geared at for voting. I think some people were like, whoa, steady on. But then, like, that's kind of, then I'm then I'm like, but, but hang on, 1917 is a better film than Green Book. It should be much easier to vote for 17 than Green Book. I'm just, as, like, as happy as I am, I'm also just absolutely confounded. Same, same. And, like, that's why I think that it's easier to look- Like, rather than look at why did Parasite win and why did 1917 lose, I think it's much easier to look at last year as the outlier and go, okay, Roma just had too much baggage. It's much less accessible. It had the whole Netflix thing going for it. It it just had so many things against it, regardless of how good it was. That's the hope, but I'm also just holding fire, because- I've been hurt before. Well, that's the thing. I still- uh, So, let, let's- Should we get to our tipping results? Because you, Beth, and I decided that we would run our own little tipping competition this year um, and that the winner will get to force a film on the other two, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I thought maybe we'd just say pick one, but okay, sure. <laughs> well, I don't know, because I, I think it was clear from the way we had the discussion that unlike when we do our throwbacks, where we genuinely do try and think of something the other person will like- I Dude, thought, is this- I'm sorry, you do what? I do. I really genuinely thought you would like Tommy Boy. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we. I thought it was clear from our discussion that with this, we would just go, fuck it, you would make me watch some Terrence Malick wank fest. And I saw Terrence Malick's new one last week, and it's bloody fantastic. And I would make you watch Little Nicky or something like that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I know that I lost because I did terribly because as much as I loved Parasite, I just had no faith that the Academy would do the right thing. Uh, and there were a couple of other strange ones too. I genuinely thought they would want to give Greta an Oscar. Um, yeah, I'd flipped on them. I got both right, which is different from our 
prediction show. So I ended the night with only 15 out of 24. You got 19. How did Beth fare? Did she do better than you? She got 18. Oh, okay. So you win then. <laughs> Have you decided what you're going to make us sit through? Um, I mean, do I try and aggravate you or Beth? <laughs> I'm I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to be I'm going to do you a favor, Billy. Yep. We're going to do No Country for Old Men. Okay. All right, that's good because that's been on my watch list already. I know you've been wanting to watch it because for some reason <laughs> you haven't. Yeah, I've I've been slack. <laughs> um as well as our little tipping competition. I don't even know if you did this because I did it very very late. Like the day before, I just put out on our social media if anyone wants to send through our tips, go ahead and we'll we'll see who gets uh, the closest. Um, it was a bad night for everyone because our winner, Anna Palvilla, who is very, very cool, um, she did the best out of anyone who sent them in, only getting 16. So, she beat me by one at least. Good on you, Anna. So, Anna, you know what? We're going to let you pick a movie for us to watch as well. Why not? Let's just- let's, that can just be something we do. <laughs> Tommy Boy 2. <laughs> Too fast, too Tommy boy. <laughs> so, shall we talk about a movie now, though? Okay, so now we're going to return to regular programming and talk about a film that our dear friend Hendo has asked us to watch, Bad Genius. Yes, Hendo won the competition, or one of the winners of the competition. We haven't heard from Normo yet as to what he's going to make us watch. Absolute radio silence from Normo. <laughs> Thanks, Normo. Hates us. <laughs> Uh, it's a 2017 Thai heist thriller film directed by Narawat Punipiria, and it stars- I'm going to butcher all of these, because this is the longest name I've ever read, and it stars Churimon Chung Charon Sucking in her feature film debut as Lin, <laughs> as well as Chanon Santin Tornkul. This is why he asked us to do it. Tiraton Super- Pan Pinyo <laughs> and Isaiah Hosswan. Thanks, Endo. <laughs> I would love to hear those names as they are meant to be said. I know. I feel terrible. I feel Wait, like no, a I, I, I already have. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you nailed it. <laughs> All right. What's it about, Dove? It's about a, a very intelligent um, school student who starts making money by helping her classmates cheat on tests. And this kind of spirals out of control. Yes. I was kind of worried it'd be a really hard film to find. But no, there it is on Apple TV. Yeah. Um, cost $1.99. To rent or purchase? To rent. To rent. And then I hit play and I was like, no wonder it was cheap. There's no fucking subtitles. Do you know you have to do that yourself on Apple TV? No. I had to go. I had to sit. I watched the first 30 seconds of the movie. I was like, it's, maybe I'm meant to be lost. <laughs> 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 and then it comes a point where it's like- no, no, something's something's not right here. So, so wait, I had to Google, I had to sit there and Google how do you turn subtitles on on Apple TV, which is not as easy as it should be. So they were there, they just weren't on. By they're the there, but you've got to go into the settings menu of. I guess that makes sense because they're probably there for every film, and and Apple knows you don't necessarily need subtitles as the default for everything. Need subtitles. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. So anyway, so you got your subtitles up and running. I got there. <laughs> <laughs> That's that done. End of episode. <laughs> so, once you got the film playing, yes, what were your thoughts on the film proper? 
this is an unkind thing to say. A way of hiding a lack of budget in a film is to shoot it all at like f two point eight. Yeah, definitely. So that, We've had this discussion before. Yeah. So that like the only thing you can see is like the person's eyes in focus. Um, there's a lot of scenes in this film shot at more or less, let's say roughly f two point eight that just don't need to be. I kind of disagree. I liked the cinematography in the film. There is a little bit of depth of field going on, but I thought that stylistically it was really nice. There's a lot of, for example, dead space, a lot of white, particularly like in the classroom scenes. I really liked the the clean framing, the the way it was shot. And the biggest plus of the film for me is the editing. I, I thought it was edited really, really well. There's a lot of kind of fast-paced sequences that heighten the tension and drama that, to be honest, isn't really there. I think it's a stretch to call this a thriller or a heist film. I think it's a young adult drama is what I would call it. And it's a decent young adult drama. Uh, But I think that the editing and the score, which I loved, are really what bring the tension. Mm. And, yeah, I thought the cinematography was okay. The moments where I'll give it an absolute tick on the cinematography front is I think the scene's the big test scenes where she used cheating for people, they're really well realised. Yeah. Um, for the most part, though, when it's scenes of people talking, I was like, this looks like when people first got their hands on a 5D and were like, look what I can do with depth of field. Yeah. Well, and the reason people do that, though- Is because they got no money. Well, no, it's because it looks nice and because it. when you Google cinematic, <laughs> what you get is depth of field. Yes. People think that that is- Cinema, because because it's something that you actually couldn't do with cheap camera. When you think of handheld video cameras, that's right. The sensor was the size of your thumbnail. There is no depth of field. It's something that was only available on film cameras. So as DSLRs got better and better, and this became available to home users, yeah, everybody does it because they think it's cinematic. Yeah. What you forget is that the, when that the great directors don't and cinematographers don't do that for exactly every shot. because because you do what suits the shot, not what looks pretty and, and, and depth of fieldy. But the bokeh, the bokeh, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I for, I actually think that the choices when it was used in this film, I, I think they quite worked. And as I said, I think the editing was really nice and tight. I was a big fan. Another another kind of well-realised little sequence, I think, is when, um, when our main character is taking her shoe off to slide back yep. to Grace. Um, and it plays like, it plays like a sports moment. Yeah. Like someone going for the winning goal or something. The way it's edited and comes together and the tension in it is a real sports movie sort of thing. Um, and that goes right up to the fact that Grace chokes. <laughs> She's terrible. <laughs> it was all working, Grace. <laughs> You're done messed up. <laughs> but that is what I- it, We haven't really spoken about the film proper yet, I guess. But what I like the most about it story-wise is that it is very- small scale, which I guess is why it feels wrong to call it a heist film, even though I guess technically it is. There's not a lot at stake here. The worst thing that happens, and we see it in the film, they get caught and nothing bad really happens. Like, So, it's a very small scale, intimate kind of drama. I think it's at its best when it's at its smallest scale. I when agree. It's, when it's in the school, I think that's much more effective than when it cranks it up a notch. I'm in two minds about this. The school stuff, while I liked it, at that point, we thought they had been caught. And we're seeing this through what you suspect is, I guess, like police or or probably not police, like, you know, dean of education interviews with them. Halfway through, they twist that and you realize they're rehearsing for this next big phase. 
I kind of, I, I don't like that so much because I didn't like the framing of it for starters. I didn't think it was necessary. It makes it feel a lot larger scale than it is, which I didn't like that first half because of that. And the second half, even though what they're doing is larger scale, when you don't have that framing device, it feels a bit better to me, I think. Do you feel the same way? Uh, no, the complete opposite. I like the first half more. Really? Yeah, I just found it, find it a lot more grounded. It's obviously relatable. Like, is there anyone who at some point in high school in a test didn't glance at the person sitting next to them? Yeah. Um, so, it's just it's this very real thing that's just like universal. Of this people, is, people who have done tests. Everyone knows how it feels. This is interesting that we feel so differently on this because I agree with you. It feels more real. But I spent, I had to take a break at the hour mark because I was waiting for this thing to get off the ground. And it felt like it, I felt like the entire first half knew it was building to something, but I didn't feel like I knew or that the film knew what it was building to yet. And it took a long time to get there. The first hour is very slow moving. And I think that's a good thing. I like the intimacy of it. But- it's very repetitive. There's a lot of, they do a test, they do another test, they do another test. Things aren't ramping up at all yep. until the final act where it ramps up tremendously. So, I found it very slow at first. And I had to take a break just to go, surely this has to be getting somewhere. <laughs> um, great little system they come up with to cheat. It's really cool. Very, yeah, that's inventive. I actually love the use of classical music in the film. I like those moments where it, it starts as part of score and then you snap cut and, and you realise it's, you know, the geniuses listening to it. Yeah, and like the editing in those parts, it's cool. It's cool in a very film student look <laughs> look, look at all my editing kind of way. But it is, look, it is cool. And I, I really love the sequence during the big test where the piano appears in the closet and she kind of floats towards it. I think that is a, a really cool sequence. Something that was kind of hanging over me with the film, interested to hear if it was the same for you, is do you want them to get away with it? That is an interesting like question. When when the character of Bank comes along as our and he's like the one noble kid, you're like, okay, so our, our main people are in danger of being ratted out by this guy, but also- He's clearly the best person here, so am I going for him or am I going for them? And then that, of course, it starts off as a kind of, well, shit, wait, like this is- Yeah. I, I'm feeling more for a guy that's kind of the bad guy. To the film's credit, that will pay off 45 minutes later. That, to me, is where the film really excels screenplay-wise. While I think that, you know, I think the structure and, and pacing can be quite slow, I think what it really excels at is its character development and the way the characters work and you feel about the characters because everybody develops in this film. Lynn and Bank in particular, they go through almost reverse stories and, and you can see and understand how both got to the places they are by the end of the film. Very clearly, you can see that progression and you understand why they're feeling the way they are and why they're doing the things they do. You understand it. Do you buy it? I do, definitely. Okay. I, I definitely I, do. I don't. Right. So, which part don't you buy? I don't buy her actions and I don't buy his actions. I really? just don't buy it. He feels like his future has been ruined by them. What future does he have? He can't He can't take the test legitimately anymore because he's been outed as a cheater. Yeah, but I didn't buy that he was there in the first place. I didn't buy that he that he agreed to join them. In, in Sydney? At any point. At any point, this guy ratted out a guy who was looking at his neighbor's sheet in the test. Yeah. And also that guy's poker face. 
Just terrible. Yeah. Just yeah. terrible. When he gets accused, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he deserved to be caught. <laughs> no, I, well, I disagree. I, I, I felt all of their motives and I did buy it. Um, and I really liked the relationship between all of them and the development that happened. And what I do think the film does really well is, that, you know, you're talking about him being the villain. There kind of is no hero or villain. As you said, it's, it's a very relatable small scale story. Do you know who the villain is, Billy? It's greed. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, and it's very subtle <laughs> how it comes across. Um, but, yeah, I I liked that you kind of didn't support or go against them. You do kind of want them to succeed on a certain level. I did not. Really? No. I wasn't going for Such anyone. goody two-shoes. I was not going for anyone in this film, apart from maybe her dad. That's how I felt about Uncut Gems. I didn't buy or believe anything the characters were doing and I didn't like them or want them to succeed. So, I didn't like the movie because of that. What did you think of the- So, you're saying you much preferred the the first half. So, you didn't feel the the tension in the second half when they were taking the test and, and the way things unfolded there where they did get caught? No. Because I wasn't invested in, oh, I don't want them to them get succeeding. caught. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Interesting. Um, I thought the score for this film was fantastic. I loved it. I thought it was so great. That kind of frenetic, high energy, almost techno really, really added a lot, I think, to the film. Particularly in the second half of the film, I think it was- But even the first half, I think it added a lot and was really great. Okay, credit to the second half of the film when it does go international caper. does have a genuinely hilarious thing going for it because it makes it look like Sydney has a functioning public transport system. Yeah. Priceless. Priceless. <laughs> weird, weird thing about the test they're doing in Sydney where, like, it starts- I can't remember the exact time. We already know there's going to be a 15-minute break or something. Then when session two starts, there's a clock right over the shoulder of the person saying, which is there quite intentionally because in the first one we were like, oh, yep, we're up to the time, they said. Mm. Session two, do you know what time it started? I do remember looking at the clock and thinking it was strange. It was like an 18-minute- like, it was a weird- it wasn't on a five interval or anything. It was 9.26 and 43 seconds. Yeah, I remember looking at that and thinking, well, that's a strange time to start the test. And in my head, I was like, okay, was it supposed to be 9.25, but they did allow time for students to come back? But I'm like, they wouldn't do that. No. These things, they're, they're very strict. If you're not back in the room on time, you miss out. Um, let's touch on, which is kind of hard in a foreign film because we don't speak the language, but let's talk what we can about the acting. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? I, I thought Bank was good. I thought he was great. I thought- the the dad, who apparently is a a musician who people oh, okay. haven't really seen anything of in, like, decades. Okay. And was just, like, plucked to be like, hey, do you want to play the dad in this movie? Um, and I thought he was really quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone- Like, I, th- I think everyone's doing enough. I actually really liked the whole cast, even the supporting cast. I thought Lynn was really good as well. And I, I really liked Grace. I thought everyone was doing a pretty good job. The film- as a lot of foreign films that get hype is, is being slated for a US remake. Where's your head on that? I'm not gagging for it. Can I be honest? I'm not like the biggest like supporter of, you know, US remakes. I think usually they're trash. I'd be keen to see it. I think it could work really well. I think it's a really universal story. As you said, it's very relatable. And I think- it gives them the chance to trim a bit of the fat that I feel is there. I think this movie is a full half hour too long as it is. I think it could be a really, really good solid flick because I think the premise is strong. 
it can certainly be done. Like you think, okay, in this instance, we're making a, a caper thriller, but it's in high school. Now, Ryan Johnson's first film, Brick, we're making a we're making a noir. Yeah. But it's at high school and, and it works. Yeah. That's so, a- it can, yeah, it can be done. I think, yeah, depending on where this lands, I'd be really keen to see it and how it folds out. Props to them for the scene where she has to spew to get out of the test because I felt a bit spewy watching it. <laughs> that yeah. was that was that was very real. I yeah, felt I was I like know. when she's shoving what? that pencil in her mouth. What? My thought was though, who isn't watching her before the spew comes out? She was very loud and very obviously shoving a pen in her throat. <laughs> like, how is nobody looking at this girl who's sitting there going? <laughs> For like a full thirty seconds before she spews. <laughs> Would you? Did you ever cheat on a test? I don't recall having done. Like I know that I've, I know I've looked left or right to see what did they put. Now whether I ever went, I don't know what to put, so I'm going to copy them. I don't know. You a cheater? No, never, never, never cheated on anything in my life. I don't think. Have I? Do I seem like a cheater? Paying for movies? Oh, come on. <laughs> you know I would never cheat my good friends at Dendy Cinemas. <laughs> okay, so I think you're going to be higher than me. How are you scoring it? Let's see. Can you guess where I am? Sure. Okay, done. I'm going to say it out loud for the people at home. <laughs> no, I'm going to cheat. You're it's going to say what you think and I'll be like, that's what I was going to say. visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think you're giving it a seven. I'm a seven. I'm a seven. And that really is due to the second act really ramping up because the first half of this film, I was like, this is this is a five, maybe. Like, it was very underwhelming at first. And I, unlike you, appreciated the buildup it got to. So, I'm a seven. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing you're a five. I like the idea of the, the character flip that it does where Bank winds up the way that he does and our main character winds up. This way from the from their starting points, that's a cool idea, but I didn't it wasn't earned for me. Um I found the film completely middling. Okay. Five out of ten. Yep. As suspected. <laughs> wasn't unhappy to have watched it. We'll never watch it again. I saw this um, you know, doing a bit of unconfirmed internet research of what the the original English title of the film was gonna be. Yeah. Um, which was to be as in the pencil. The pencil, yeah. Come one, oh, but like W O N, like oh wow, good call, not doing that. That is terrible, terrible. That is really bad. Don't name things after Spice Girls songs. <laughs> great song though. Oh, great song. <laughs> when to become one? It's got some good messages too. Yeah, you got to cover up. Come a little bit closer, baby. Put, put it, it on. on. Put it on. <laughs> Great song. Yep. <laughs> Good messages for the kids. All right. So, what's up next week, Billy? Next week, we're getting to another patron request, uh, one that I had never heard of, but I think you said it had been on your watch list for a while, The Night of the Hunter from 1955. This is a fact. <laughs> You've just got nothing to add to that. Well, I'm sure I'll have something to add to it once I have watched the film and we talk about it. <laughs> All right, well, that'll be fun. I'm saving my best material. Well, that, I mean, episode. that makes sense. You don't want to give away the goods now. 
No. <laughs> right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can know that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can know that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and we'll catch you next week. Go to maybe.